Welcome back to the Deep Truth One Only Good Truth with Giovanni. This is episode two, I believe, of season two. So two two. It's pretty cool. Uh, I got a lot for today. Well, three topics still. Uh, I got my biggest surprise from week one. Uh, some overreactions, and whether or not they're overreactions or not, and talking about the FIBA World Cup, not so much of predicting who's going to win, but more of what will it take for players to come back to the Olympics in 2020 in Tokyo. So that's what I got planned today. I, I got some good news. I won my fantasy game this past week. I gotta give it to I gotta give it up for Deshaun Watson and Alvin Kamara coming through. They played great. But obviously you cannot watch football and think solely about fantasy because then you just go down a rabbit hole of tons of stuff and you look more at numbers than the actual players themselves. That's not good. Uh, as you may be able to tell, I'm a bit congested. I'm I think day three of being sick. It's not horrible, but I'm getting better. But how about we jump right into it? Let's jump into my biggest surprise from this past week. Now, there were a lot of great stories from week one of the NFL. We had Tennessee demolishing the Browns by 30 points. Baker Mayfield throwing three interceptions and I think just one or two touchdowns. I think just one touchdown, really. Is that my biggest surprise? No. The Pats dominating the Steelers. That, that was a bit shocking. Seeing with the Tennessee Titans winning. It was a bit shocking. But is that the biggest surprise? No. The Ravens on offense? No, that for me was a surprise. But the biggest one? No. The Saints last second win? No, that was a shocker. That was that was great to watch. So biggest surprise? Again, no. The Bills comeback win, coming back, coming back from 16-0 after turning the ball over four times. Was that the biggest surprise to me? No. Surprisingly, my biggest surprise was Adam Vinatieri missing two field goals and an extra point. All the other things I listed... You could probably find someone saying, I saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. But this Adam Vinatieri? No, you can see this coming from a mile away. Tennessee being the Browns, I called it. I, I, I thought the Browns were going to struggle for the first four weeks, and then they said they'll be fine. The Titans aren't inconsistent, but they had the third best defense last year, and it translated into the game. And I think that you can say, hey, you know, Freddie Kitchens, first-year head coach, undisciplined roster at this point, a lot of uh, penalties, and that dates back to, like, this amount of penalties dates back to, like, 1951, and even with Bill Belichick as head coach uh, a few years back, I'm pretty sure they showed it on, on the game in the graphic. And I remember that, because that, that stood out to me. Patriots dominating. Now, I didn't see them dominating like this, but I saw them winning. Rebounds on offense, I mean, Miami's pretty bad. But also, 
we heard, we heard a lot of talk of Lamar Jackson and his accuracy getting better over training camp. I think it was more of a surprise of it actually being a reality. But they're, they're, they're going to have tests later on down the road, and we'll see if that actually upholds. The Saints last second win, now that was crazy. I didn't see that coming. Probably other people saw that coming. But I, I think we can chalk that up to just a great game. Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees. Pretty sure we can just chalk it up to that. And the bad defensive call by the Houston Texans at the end of the game to just slack off, play prevent defense, rather than actually force a tougher throw, maybe an incompletion, and a longer field goal. Maybe waste some more time off the clock. The Bills' comeback didn't really see that coming as well. But I'm pretty sure there's someone else out there who did. I thought the Jets would win this. But for me, I put a little smug, happy face on... What did I just say? Smug smile on my face. Because you had Colin Coward, who is the biggest Sam Darnold glorifier out there and biggest Baker Mayfield hater out there. Or Cleveland in general hater. Say that. Sam Darnold, like a quote-unquote magician with his one touchdown. And then go on to lose. I found that hilarious. So it brought out a little... Whew, it brought a nice warm feeling to my heart. But the biggest surprise for me was Adam Vinatieri. Going one from going one for three from field goal and one for two for extra point. And this probably cost him the game, actually. Probably did. If you add up all the points now. In retrospect, maybe the Chargers score after those field goals. I don't know. But it's hard for me to say that this is not the biggest surprise. Looking at his career, he is a 97.9% uh, extra point converter. So it's completely against the odds for him to miss an extra point. Because he's been doing this forever. He's 46 years old. He literally looks like Mr. Fantastic when he's like clean shaven. But for me, it's impossible to imagine him missing something. He missed a 29-yarder. From there, he's 97%. Like, how is it possible for him to miss it? He missed a 46-yarder, made a 44. From the 40-yard line to the 49-yard field goal mark, he's 78% through his career. It's hard for me to imagine him missing it like this. Now, is it really a cause for concern? No. Not really. He has had these games before where he's missed one field goal and missed one extra point in the same game. But never two field goals and one extra point. So in that case, it was surprising for me because it was something he's never done before. But is it a cause for, is it a cause for concern? No. They're going to be just fine. But it was very surprising. Yeah. Okay, now let's talk about some overreactions. And I'm just going to list off some things and just say they're overreactions or if they're actually, you know, pretty pretty good arguments. And I'm going to explain why very quickly. And I don't want to drag it out. 
first our reaction. The Browns are an overhyped mess. They still suck. They're the old Browns still. I'm gonna say that's an overreaction. Overreaction. The reason why is I said the Browns, new head coach, still young, are gonna struggle for the first four weeks. First four weeks. And then they're gonna get into their sort of tempo and start clicking and they're gonna start winning some games, having only eleven and five. I thought they I thought they were gonna win to, I mean I thought they were gonna lose to Tennessee. Because they're young and Tennessee has that great defense. Now I didn't see this many penalties coming, but I saw some youth and some growing pains and stuff like that. I still think that they're a great team. That while the hype of them winning a Super Bowl this year is just beyond me, them making the playoffs and actually being competitive is more for me, not an overreaction, but a reality. That, 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 that's why I'm saying that's an overreaction, saying that they're the old Browns or that they still suck or stuff like that. Next up is the Packers defense after holding the Chicago Bears to three measly points will be godly, one of the best in the league. I just whacked my elbow on the table right here. Ouch, that kind of hurt. <laughs> I'm just going to say a reaction. Let's be honest. You put any other quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky's spot for that, what was it, Thursday night opener? That Packers defense would have been destroyed. Just like that. Destroyed. Because there were moments where he had people wide open, but he just... He just couldn't see him. He just couldn't see him. So that's my take on it. Next I have the Jaguars should be a lost cause after Nick Foles injury and going into IR. I'm going to say that's also an overreaction. And part of it's that they got Gardner Minshew who actually played really really well. Being a rookie, thrown into the fire. Granted, against the Kansas City Chiefs defense, that's more of a cause of concern for the Chiefs defense. But for me, it's an overreaction from the offensive side. Offensively, I think that the Jaguars should be just fine because they kind of started getting their things together. Really, the only problem with the offense was Blake Bortles. That was really the only problem, or major problem. But I think that the cause for concern comes more defensively. I said if the Jaguars and Nick Foles on the on the offensive side can do really, really well on offense, and the defense can get to decent to maybe like two years ago when they were at the top of the league, somewhere in between there, they'll make the playoffs. Granted, against and granted, it was against one of the best offenses the league has ever seen in the Kansas City Chiefs. But you gotta do something better than that. Next, I have the 49ers are set for glory after beating a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. The reality of this is it's an overreaction. It's 
an overreaction. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Jimmy G, did he throw a pick six? I'm pretty sure he threw a pick six. But so did James Winston. Now the defense side, the, the defensive side for the 49ers was actually pretty good. But I'm still not convinced. I'm just not convinced. There's a very shocky lot of penalties. Some turnovers. Overall not great. And like I said, Jimmy G was struggled a bit coming off that what tourney CL, I believe. Give him until next year and he'll be fine. Next I have the Cowboys offense will be one of the best in the league. Even though they just what they scored 45 points or something like that. No, 35. 35 against the Giants defense. Now you can say, oh, it's the Giants defense. It's the Giants. They suck. They get that. But let's look at it this way. Dak Prescott had a great game. 405 yards or something like that. I think four touchdowns. And Zeke didn't even have that great of a game. He didn't. For Zeke not coming to practice at all, and just being thrown out into the fire, that's not bad. 35 points is still pretty good. Still pretty good. It's kind of like the Ravens game. Ravens against the Miami Dolphins. It's more of a speculation of how good the offense will be. Will the Ravens do that against every single team? No. But their offense looks really, really good. Lamar Jackson looks like he can pass a lot better. A lot more comfortable passing rather than running or fling the pocket. Dak Prescott a lot more comfortable passing now. And they have a sequel to Elliott back. So their offense will be one of the best in the league, I believe. And lastly, I have... The New York Jets just need some time after losing to the Buffalo Bills 17-16. I'm going to say that this is not an overreaction. Le'Veon Bell was has not played a single game, not counting yesterday, or uh, not yesterday, Sunday, since way last year, or a couple years ago. However many days, you can probably find it somewhere. Only in training camp. And it does take a, a different effect not playing those games, because now you got to keep up with the game tempo. It's different. Sam Darnold, while I said he needed to put down the turnovers, and he did so far, was not so comfortable in the pocket, not so comfortable passing. A lot of missed throws... The offense was very shoppy, and a lot of it was the defense, really, for the Jets, really got them close to winning. The defense scored eight points. The offense scored eight points. And those eight points only were eight points because of a safety that the defense scored. The offense is struggling, not great. They need some time to mature to get to where they need to get to where they need to be, because that just relies on Sam Darnold. Okay, right here I'm gonna take a little break, and I'll be right back to talk about the FIBA World Cup and how that relates to the Olympics, and then I'm gonna outro out, and we're back. Now I gotta talk about the FIBA World Cup. All right, what about it?
so far, Argentina and Spain have moved on to the, I believe, I don't know, I might have this. So far, Argentina and Spain have moved on to the, I believe, semifinals. There we go. And USA and France got to play together in, play against each other in the quarterfinals. And Australia and the Czech Republic got to play against each other in the quarterfinals as well. The winner of the USA and France will play against Argentina. Winner of Australia and the Czech Republic will play against Spain. Now, I believe that Spain and Australia have a really, really, really good chance of winning the whole thing. Because this has been noted as not really one of the best uh, USA teams put together. And part of the reason why is that they're all young. They don't understand the game completely. They're all sort of isolation players, or isolation-heavy players. Or, in the case of Kemba Walker, Jonathan Mitchell, they've been the standalone guy, really, on offense for their team. Kemba with Charlotte, Donovan Mitchell with Utah Jazz, you can argue, Joe Ingles, or Rudy Gobert, but there's, he's still the standalone guy in Utah on the offensive side that really pops out. I can get his own shot. But I want to talk about the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. What will it take for players like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant won't play in the 2020 Olympics, probably, because he'll be recovering from injury. Now, it could be an interesting way for him to figure out if he can return to that style of play, which would be very interesting. Anyways, back, back to the topic at hand. Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, James Harden, those types of players, what will it take for them to come back into the Olympics? But I think about the trend now for the Olympics and FIBA, it's going to be, it's going to be young players. It's going to be young players that are going to play. And I'm going to summarize it with the three Fs. Not the three Fs as in swear words. But as in family, uh, family, fatigue, and finesse. Now, what do I mean by that? Family. Steph Curry, uh, LeBron James, and the list goes on. Jeremy Green, they all have families. They're going to take care of those families. And I don't mean like parents and stuff like that. I mean like immediate family as in like spouse, children, stuff like that, because now you want to spend time with them. You want, you want to spend time with them and you want to get to know them and the Olympics, whether they like it or not, interferes with that. Now for fatigue, if they're making NBA Finals runs, they're going to be tired. LeBron James has been to like, what, nine straight so wait, no, not nine, seven, seven rights, eight, eight straight NBA Finals, which is crazy, but he's kind of tired, so I don't really see him going to the 2020 Olympics, Steph Curry, tired, Jermaine Green, tired, Clay Thompson, tired, You can only take so much stress on your body until it breaks down. AKA, Allah, Kevin Durant. 
I'm just laying it out for you. Now the last one's finesse. Getting better at your game to give your team a better chance at winning in the future. In the immediate future, not long-term future, immediate future. And that's part of the reason why some players step down. Or that's the reason why they step down. Taron Fox, Marvin Bagley, they believe that, that they have a solid shot at making the playoffs. Therefore, they step down and rest of themselves, fatigue, even though they're young players. And work on the finesse part, which is working on their game to give themselves a shot at making the playoffs. Instead of being in this exact same spot next year. And these three Fs keep older players with the likes of LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, even though he's on the younger side still. Um, Jeremy Green, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. Players like that that are on the older side are starting to get to the older side or into their prime away from the tournaments. And now at this point, what can make those types of players want to come back? And compete. And really the only thing is they have to have never won a gold medal in the Olympics or FIBA. Stephen Curry has never won a World um, not World Cup, an Olympics gold medal, but he's won the FIBA one, and I don't think he's gonna come back into the Olympics. I don't think so. Kevin Kevin Durant's won the Olympics several times, he's not gonna come back. Jermaine Green, Clint Thompson, they've won it multiple times. LeBron James, he's won it multiple times. They're not going to come back. It's going to be other players that have never won it before. And are not in that same win-now position. Or in the, I'm the clear number one guy. Because I think at this point, also, I could say that if LeBron James, I think two or three years from now, when he's not... The, maybe, maybe even this year, or next year, when he's not the number one guy on that team. And it's clear that it's been passed down to Anthony Davis or someone else. And he's not the number one guy. I think at that point, maybe he'll say, I might as well play in the Olympics. Steph Curry, maybe at the end of his career, when he's not the number one guy, will say, maybe I'll play in the Olympics. Maybe. I think it becomes more of a question mark. I don't know. More of a question mark than a certainty. But I would say younger players are more inclined to play in the Olympics because they've never won a gold medal on that stage before. Probably not. Rather than older players who have and are more prone and excited to compete in the NBA for a ring. For a championship. Anyways, that will do it for the G Truth. Here's some things to look forward to. Probably not going to talk about it next week, but when it comes up to the point that I want to talk about it, my M my MLB predictions for the World Series. I'm going to talk about that as soon as the playoffs start. My predictions. Because I've been working on this for quite, for quite some time. I went back through history and trends in order to figure this stuff out. To 
talk about it, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, football, of course. More talk about football, because football is great and amazing. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So that's stuff to look forward to. Anyways, this has been the G-Truth. Make sure to follow, subscribe on whatever podcasting app that you're using or platform that of your choice, or on YouTube or on SoundCloud. Do a subscribe or follow. It's as simple as that. Anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Peace out.